Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sharon. My name is Ed. And I'm Sean. And today on the show we are looking at A Shift in the Night, season two, episode 18. Shift, which sounds quite, I don't know. to shift someone (laughs) in Ireland means that you get off. Oh. And by get off, do you mean snog? Now, you see, that's the funny thing because get off and shift are both uh, malleable they are both context specific so yes you can shift someone on the dance floor which in some situations would be (laughs) really and then in other situations be oh good for you Uh, depends on the dance floor well that's very true that is very true um but uh yeah so So shift in the night it's the right time to do it So are you saying this is ER's episode where they, they, they dabble in porn? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, there is a lap it's dancer. There is a lap dancer. Exactly. There is a lap dancer, you're right. It does get a bit sexual, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, as we just discussed, um, Carter and Mark head off into <laughs> Sharon is unhappy. I'm shaking my head. I'm yeah. not happy. We will get that... there and you will okay. agree. Okay. I've oh, said it. It's, it's out there it. now. It's done. It's so yeah, I mean, we open on a very rainy street. Ugh. It's just miserable. It's just that horrible kind of rain that, you know, as soon as you step out, you'll be soaked. And mm-hmm. uh, we see, you know, somebody is waiting. We kind of, the point of view is towards the roads as if we're driving. We see, you know, somebody's waiting to, to take a space. Finally, the space becomes available, but somebody else takes it. Then we realise it's, it's Dr. Green who... Um, you know can't park and then he has to find somewhere else to park then he uh, you know gets out of his car and he's completely drenched and then he's trying to have a shower and he gets into bed you know and all the way through this we're hearing a lot of kind of son of a bitch son of a bitch that <laughs> which in America is pretty much swearing isn't it son of a bitch it, it was shocked I have to say I thought it's Ooh. disgusting behaviour absolutely um, and you and... can tell he's a bachelor <laughs> as well because he, he undresses just leaves everything on the floor as he walks yeah. through do you know what I mean yeah. yeah I've done that I'm not going to lie <laughs> yeah <laughs> And that's why he'll stay a bachelor. No, that's um, yeah, so, uh, you know, and he finally gets into bed all cozied up and the phone rings and it's Weaver and she's asking him to work and done three nights in a row, which is quite a lot. It's that quite is horrible, a lot, really. yeah. And he's exhausted and he says, well, you know, we get dog to do And then we hear the word, what? Whiplash. And then we <laughs> cut to the hospital and we reveal Doug in a cast. He's suffering from whiplash. He's, it's after a uh, taxi's hit, hit his car in the back. I'm not mm. happy with Doug at what he then goes on to yeah. say, which I hated. Some nice casual 90s racism. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, mm. I hated it. I know, I just cringe so badly, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, like, cab driver is a really not okay thing to call somebody. You do you know, know what I mean? Yeah. In this day and age, yeah, honestly. Like, you, know, you know, a you know self-employed transport manager. Exactly um, that. Thank yeah. you, thank um, you. From Pakistan. Let's just, yeah, Let, let's Pakistan. just be, you know... Let's be PC about playing the right thing. Absolutely, um, yeah. I'm going to push pa- brush past uh, Doug because I don't. I I hate what he says. But basically, he's he's got himself into the situation of having whiplash, so he can't work. Um, so Mark is now having to work, and Mark comes in and he's soaking wet, and his shoes are wet. You know, to Doug, can, can we trade shoes? And he tells him about. <laughs> yeah. He's just having the worst time because he thought he was supposed to have Rachel, but then Jen called and basically cancelled. Oh said no, not even. Got he date. went up to Milwaukee. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, he did. it was even worse Ooh. again. Uh, it's worse. Two, mm-hmm. two hour drive and three and a half hours back because of the weather. Yeah, the weather. And Ugh. you just think, oh, now I'm really starting to feel something yeah. getting with mm-hmm. him there. Um, and then, you know, he's like, okay, fine. I'm at work. 
I'm, you know, wear dog shoes. Oh, Susan. Hi, Susan. You're on, aren't you? No, no. Go to see my lawyer because, you know, Chloe's trying to take little Susie off me. Okay, so you're not there, but it's all right. Weaver's going to be there. No, no. Weaver's also <laughs> not going to be there. And then she can, Weaver's excuse is basically she just says a load, load of letters from the alphabet, which I couldn't <laughs> It's brilliant technique. It's I will overload yeah. you with information just yeah. so you'll beg me to leave. Yeah, just go. Uh, She's really passive aggressive because it's it's some kind of case study that he's already done. And she went, oh, I couldn't really make sense of it. So I'm going to take it home and work through the night and make it in some kind of semblance of awe. And it was just like, yeah. ah, you know, when she's, I, I do like Weaver. Yeah. She is the queen of passive. Yes. Yeah. She has her moments. And this was, I think, one, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like, you're the one who brought him back in and you're going to kick him while he's down. It's just yeah. a bit. But yeah, she basically says P-H-Q-L-M-N-O-P or something <laughs> at him. Again, I don't know. Also, I'm going to use that from any time somebody wants me to do something. Just letters up. Yeah, just say, I've got to do the E-C-G and um, don't forget the P-O-A and also yeah. the uh, S-O-B and the F-O-A-D. Exactly and throw these yeah. and see if they realise you've called them a son of a bitch and to F off and die. <laughs> I like as well, like in, in, in reality, if, if any of the three of us were to just go back and listen to our episode and just throw some of the drugs that we've done at people along the way, That's you know, true. we'll know it's completely out of context. They mm -hmm. might not necessarily know that. Um, right. And then you keep an eye out for whoever's ears perk up when you use the word Demerol <laughs> and you're like, I oh. don't, I think oh. you can sit outside. Someone. Turkey yeah. file. So, turkey file, exactly yeah. that. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I'm going to yeah. start doing that. See, look at us, right? Not only are we a brilliant podcast that takes you through ER, but we also help with day-to-day -day life, give you life right. hacks, how you get out. I know. This is a service we provide. Yeah. We are a, a, exactly, we're a full service podcast. Exactly, we will serve it. You should be paid. <laughs> for a fee. Oh, hang on. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> um, <laughs> We also learned that Benton's in a marathon surgery. Another one is he found another yeah. person who jumped on the L and he's got to stitch back together, humpty dumpty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for it. He's going to have to start making his own people who jumped on the L, <laughs> or or oh. push them, or emotionally <laughs> abuse them to the point yeah, of. Exactly anyway, that. foreshadowing. Moving on, Weaver then is taking Mark all the way through the, basically showing him yeah. the absolute I don't know war zone that it is because there are people spilling out of everywhere and cases yeah. that need to be dealt with so it's quite a you know stressful start for green he's already coming in on his fourth night in a row and mm -hmm. after driving to milwaukee and all that and all he wants is a sandwich and he's he asks randy and randy's like i'm sorry my shift's over jerry's yeah. supposed to be here but he's not i'm out so jerry's late which you know Oh, oh, Jerry. Um, what a bastard. Oh, I was going to say as well, um, Weave are doing the round. She, she had that all in her memory. Honestly. And <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Mark was <laughs> taking it in like, you know, yeah. in, like that. It's like, my God, they're begging for a malpractice suit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. They need Demerol and they need the opposite. They need yeah. Narcan. And if you get exactly. Demerol and Narcan mixed up, then you've got somebody very high and not so happy. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Exactly Some people wishes yeah. they were very high. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I, yeah. I I was so impressed with her taking him around. Like yeah. I would never have taken that in. But not only was I impressed, but I was actually with Laura Innes as an act doing that yeah. whole bit because she really, it's a proper walk and talk, pointing out really yes. complicated jargon and words and things, you know. Oh, wow. Good, you know, props to her. Um, I struggle to learn lines at the best of times and that, oh, so much respect for actors. Those walkthrough scenes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, 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 and also because when they do walkthroughs, I think the West, they're speaking English, 
Whereas I feel like this is even tougher. You, you're having so many yeah. complicated yeah. words we wouldn't normally use. So I think it's even harder. What I'm guessing, because I do this a little bit when I'm learning lines, she learnt the order the words came in. So that is that case. That's that drug. That's that. She really learnt it. This is just like a random aside about how I learn. But I learn it by key points and stuff. Yeah, it's and another so, life hack. And listing. Yeah, exactly. Another, come on, guys. Life hack. Acting tips from, acting an, lessons. From, from an unprofessional actor. I mean, an actor <laughs> and, and unfair. And unfair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I, I like what Green does here, though, because he, he brings everybody. But he's got his little, he's got his ragtag bunch of people, like oh, Carter yeah. and Hale, and, and he takes them to the board and says, you know, your mission, if you choose to accept it, which you will, because you're working, is to basically get this board sorted. And for a motivational speaker, what did you guys think of that? I quite liked it because he just doesn't mess around. There's no yeah. flowiness. There's no I in team nonsense. He's oh, basically yeah. going, he's on a bit of a, you know, your mission should choose to accept it, but also it's your job. Yeah. But it, it, it's done with the right amount of levity and charisma, I thought. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not kind of like, I mean, it is right troops, but it's not yeah. in a, you know, kind of, oh God, I'm scared of my commanding officer kind of like <laughs> yeah. if yeah. it was Benton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's in the foul state, but anyway. But oh, I, yeah. I was just... I just love that little moment because I was like, I could imagine what, like, yeah, come on, let, actually, let's give it a go. And he's got Absolutely. all those numbers on the board. And it made me wonder who would, you, in that moment, who would you rather be, him or Weave? Him. Oh, because yeah, yeah, him. Would be behind you the whole time telling you you're doing it wrong while yeah. she discharges 20 way. people. Yeah. yeah, I would probably do it the other way. Yeah. Ugh. Or even better. Oh, that's an interesting take on that. <laughs> Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, spot on. And then a a, a teenager comes in and he is, well, we think he's drunk, possibly on drugs. Bit of a mystery. They're trying to figure out what kind of wrong with him. Can't fit the restraints correct. uh, And he attacks. And this is one one of those cool cases where, you know, Green has to take a bit of a punt and he has an idea that him drinking antifreeze, you know, completely Mm -hmm. left. But he's right. You know, they they look at that, they check test and that's exactly what. So it just shows that, I don't know, I felt like Green was really firing on a woman. He really is in this episode. We do really see him attack things from all kinds of crazy, creative angles. And I, I like that side of him. Yeah, it's where you see what, what a great doctor he is and a manager kind of thing. But I was just thinking about that lad with the antifreeze, the cure. Because, yeah. it, because of it's methanol and the way to cure it is to have ethanol. Yeah. So they basically have to find strong boost. They get some some bourbon. I'm like, I might drink oh, antifreeze yeah. to go get some... Like, <laughs> bourbon? <laughs> yeah, to get some bourbon. Like, drinks will be bad to get some free boo. Oh, oh, I don't know. Okay. Mm. Is it worth the risk of renal? Of going blind and renal failure and death? Probably yeah. not. I mean, yes. I, I mean, no. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> fine support. <laughs> I thought it was really brilliant as well because yeah. so we, uh, earlier in the episode, we basically confiscate the uh, a homeless person. Yeah. And then he, what we find out that actually um, the ER has run out of ethanol and he, and basically, Omar will die before anything, you know, anything gets done or is treated. And all of a sudden, Green's like, wait, hang on, <laughs> take this booze, you make it happen. And I just, again, it was, it, it's a real, so this this whole episode is based on guerrilla medicine, you know, he's oh, just really nice. kind of on the fly, uh, yeah. you know, coming at it from all angles. You know, in a minute, we see him, Carter, so Carter B, <laughs> and, and he's like, hang on a minute, this is how we think. And he gets a cotton bud and a bit of super glue no. and basically oh, just yeah. pulls it out. It's like, don't move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amazing they're both in use of don't move as the guy just moves very slightly Ugh. yeah yeah which you know oh but i i love that because again he's he's not only is he being like creative but he's also kind of he's teaching he's being yeah. he's there with carter being 
being there looking after him. And we learn why Carter is actually mm-hmm. the We find out this is his oh, punishment. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, how do you feel about this being his punishment? Um, I think it's fitting because I yeah. think night time in the ER, especially on kind of Saturday night, I imagine it's just chaos and carnage. And I think it's probably, you know, and also it's so anti so to only do. So I thought it was quite his officer. It's, uh, yeah, it's not a, a rollicking and he's lost his, you know, his, uh, what's the word? Uh, placement, his match. Yeah, his placement, thank you. He's not lost that. He's not giving kicks off the programme, but it's sort of, like you say, it's invent and uh, he'll, he'll learn not to do it again, but at the same time, they recognise that he's a good doctor so they can trust him to help out during it's a bit of a it's an interesting punishment what do you think i i I certainly like that he's not off his place i feel like your punishment is do your job okay do do you know what i mean which is which is fine uh like you know extra hours or or whatever is cool i just think that i just don't want it to be swept like he went down and got pissed in the middle of a shift yeah you know what i mean yeah Yeah. it it is very bad and hicks did give him a right royal rollicking last yeah it's a tricky one i guess to see your point sure but i also think as well because of being in surgery everybody will know that that's happened to him so i imagine it's you know everybody in surgery will know that he's being punished and he's not on the service and that must be quite shameful and embarrassing but Mm. no i see what i do see what you mean um, it, it might be better to have him in surgery doing all the horrible jobs that people don't normally yes. want to do maybe all oh, that happens to him next season he <laughs> yeah it's, uh, he'll get there but um, he does get there did, did you see the radiologist who's just sort of floating around the er and giving yeah. that monotonous yeah. droning oh. lecture about every x-ray season mark constant look of a really busy yeah hurry he's like are you all right so there long? mate yeah yeah <laughs> can i am get I... you a tea <laughs> yeah, yeah am i remembering the future or does he get drafted at some point? Or have we already seen that? I felt like we had already seen that. Th- it's maybe that's... season one. The oh, it is season one. Oh, okay. And there's that, there's that long sort of, I think there's a long dubbed shot, one of those shots where they put the music over the top and they're kind yeah. of seeing the, the aftermath and he's sat there kind of looking a bit dazed because he's been drafted to do a suit. Mm. I think it was that Yeah, case. there's I'd... something. Cause... Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that was that's it. Because I kind of had this perfect memory of seeing him kind of like, ah, but yeah. treating patients. But we... yeah. season one, thank you very much. It's all right. Uh, and then Carl, uh, uh, then Green starts late Specs is about to have a stroke and he's trying to get her admitted and the doctor hasn't won't admit to Dr. Randall, so he says, right, page him at home, 911. Mm. Um and the reason I bring this patient up, not only because this Dr. Randall turns up, it turns into a kind of case about money and we see the limits of the American, you know, healthcare system where basically Dr. Randall doesn't want to admit her because her HMO won't pay. And so he'll kind yeah. of obviously be, you know, out of pocket. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because it's an E-H-I-B-E-R for mm-hmm. Mrs. Voti, who is Pat Crawford Brown. She was in things like Reality Bites, Gilmore Girls as Mrs. Cassini, brilliant. Uh, Parks and Rec, Sister yes, Sister. With, I, I mentioned Sister Sister because I literally watched the episode she was in yesterday. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, um, she, she's yeah. in, um, yeah, I recognise her as well. She's been in everything. She's got like yeah. 190 odd credit. Absolutely. Not quite as much as the, the fella from last week. Uh, but she's also in a film, I like a scroll down, in 1989, called Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. <gasps> which, Excuse as you know, is a cinematic uh, I'll say that again slowly for uh, Sean. Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. I'm surprised Oscar you've not winning. seen that. Yeah, Oscar yeah. winning. So am I. It's a real like my kind film. of film. 
<laughs> Talk about all everything you love in it. Oh my god, I've just opened the IMDb. I've not opened the full summary. The government hires a feminist at the local university to track down the piranha women living in the uncharted avocado jungle. Westmost Atmos outposts his San, Bedi- San Bernardino to convince them to, I just don't want to read anymore. <laughs> Bill Maher, Bill Maher, the smug liberal um, chat show host. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a funny one because yeah. technically, you know, we're all on the same side, but then you're kind of like, mm. uh, He goes yeah. about it absolutely incorrectly that's his problem he he's one of those who says oh look at me i'm so liberal that he takes it too far and he's not actually he ends up impeding on other people you know he's he's in the past especially has said a lot of horrible things about muslim people for instance and i just i don't I, I, you know, and they always try and be like, oh, I'm being provocative. I'm, I'm trying to help. Mm. I'm trying to, and it's like, but you're not because you don't do it in a balanced way and you never actually yeah. invite a proper, you know, like you don't invite a Muslim person to, yeah. to, to, to do, to, you know, have a proper debate on. And so he's just one of those people that I, ugh, I just, yeah, I, I used to be a big fan. Um, and then he, I just found him really smug and he was sort of talking about, um, cannabis, cannabis legalization, but he's coming it from it, from his point of view of, I want to smoke a doobie in the hot tub and not feel bad about it rather than looking at it. I, I felt like from a criminal just, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's a really white privileged way to kind of look at it as well, isn't it? You know, because we know that uh, a lot of black people are criminalised over the use and uh, whatever of cannabis. And so if your only concern is that you want to be able to smoke it in the hot tub, it just says a lot about your your worldview and your viewpoint. He he also had that really gross um, monologue about overweight people. Yes, actually, which um, I realise as well that James Corden is Marmite, uh, (laughs) but he... I think was quite eloquent in his response. Yeah. You're to, right. You are. Uh, yeah. Bumar over that. It was yeah. one of the moments I liked James. Like, yeah, yeah. that's a pretty good point. Yeah, that is a good what point. was the other moment? I <laughs> I have no idea why he's a big Bleating. deal. Yeah, I've no, only same. heard bad things about the behind the scenes. Same. Um, um, so Dr. Randall, Dr. Randall, Dr. Randall is played by uh, Stephen Gilborn, who's also somebody who's quite a familiar face. Oh. I think mostly because originally I was see him and think he's Alan Alder and he's not. He um, really looks like him, which is he funny. Does. Unintentional for yeah. Um, but he's been in things like Alien Resurrection, Evolution, oh. Brady Bunch he movie. A, just lots. he was in Alien Resurrection. Apparently, now I most certainly am not IMDb being on my phone as we're talking. <laughs> see how they do not trust me. Do you see? Oh, what I, I have to put up with. But yeah, so he he he's he plays uh, Doctor Randall, who kind of comes in very angry. He's been pulled out of his bed because Doctor Green's to, to we hear about the the HM, and it's not the only time we kind of hear a little bit about the limb because. Uh, Later, you know, hear about Psyche not being able to come down to look at Omar, who's basically, you know, tried to kill himself and Mm. they can only see him in the next week. And it's really highlighting kind of the struggle being an ER doctor, your limit for him. And especially because they're they're so busy and the whole hospital tent is really busy. It's just a mad night. And so things like lab aren't happening. Everything's just taking so long. And it just kind of, and she says, you know, uh, uh, well, Julian, as Carol basically says, everybody's busy. That's why things so yeah. long. And I think it really just shows again what happens when, because healthcare doesn't create, I, I don't know, it does, it's not profitable really yeah. for people, especially a certain, for a certain level of people. I know there are more drugs. Mm-hmm. But it's, it just gets ignored. You know, it's like how yeah. it's just underfunded and not nobody 
really does anything for it because they, they feel they don't see results, yeah. which annoys me because it's like, actually, if everybody had access to proper good healthcare, we would save so much on things like, you know, illnesses that degenerate are treated, yeah. uh, people being able to stay well, you know, being at work long, you know, just all the stuff. I just, it's mm. it really what, annoys me. What, what I think is that, oh, Ed, go ahead. No, go ahead, Sean, please. Um, what, what I think is that, so the current, so the COVID-19 vaccine, right? I think yeah. that is a great example of what you can get. I really hope this doesn't age like milk, lads. Uh, <laughs> this is a good example of what you can get done when you get the, the proper attention and yeah. budget, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we would have a cure for cancer. I'm not saying that we would have a cure for, because I realize it's it's a bigger deal than that. It's yeah. not just like, all right, everyone drop what you're doing and we'll spend a year on it. But when you have, oh yeah, I, I can fix that. I can fix that right now, but yeah. that costs $10,000 more than I am willing to uh, commit to this. Yeah. Or um, yes, apps, of course, we can, we can extend your waiting room. We can make it more comfortable. That's no problem at all, but it's going to cost you $50,000. And who mm-hmm. has that money? And yeah. Yeah. so on and so forth. Now, while I would say that the States seems to be uh, certainly in the media, the biggest offender of the cost of healthcare, um, obviously it's, there is various, you know, examples of this throughout the world. But here in this episode, you see what happens when you take one, two doctors, because Carter as well, two doctors, three nurses, and they get through what, 50 patients um, and they write everything up. And it's just, you couldn't do that in every shift because you just wouldn't, you wouldn't have the capacity. You couldn't possibly do that. And it's, it's that great example. We've all sat there and we've all thought in our head, you know, boss, you're giving me too much work. You're giving me three people's jobs and one people's job. Now, if you just took some of the money and you hired <laughs> somebody else, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. possibly do that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's funny because um, Mark puts his foot down and says, we're closing to trauma. And, and he says, I'm yeah. tell Morganstone. Morganstone comes down and says, can't do it. Um, and then he, he basically says, look, county looking for a reason to close an ER, which yeah. is a, a bit of a rumble for a future thing. But the way Morganstone talks about it is in terms of business. Yeah. If you're saying you can't cope with the business, then they'll assume you can close, which yeah. is so weird in a way. Like they're closing because they can't cope, but now you're going to say they, they, they've got fully because What's they're not coping. It's like, she, yeah. yeah, so all the other county also going to suffer because ER because the county general have made the decision to treat the patients they've got in the best yeah. way possible by closing to major trauma. It doesn't make sense, mad. does it? And I think this is when we to run everything in the lo- in the world as a business because yes. some things aren't a business. It and this is a business model, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. And so, uh, you know, that's where things will always fail. And this is something that, as you say, does come up time and time again. But yeah, I thought that whole scene was really interesting. It shows how it doesn't serve who are the expert in the hospital and know what they can and can't manage. You know, they have no say in it. It it just has to be done this way because, as you say, business, got to show it. Um, So, you know, and then he comes down and says he'll help out as well. But then, you know, he barely helps out. Uh, answers a phone yeah. yeah look I answered a phone probably went I don't know and hung up yeah hung up yeah wrong wrong place go away <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> too busy yeah. 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 It's, it's funny because you mentioned about the only being like two doctors and three nurses but this is one of those episodes where we hear names of other doctors that we never see their yeah. faces we never interact with them so like when Mark is called by Kerry he says oh Neil Hansen's out Who's Neil Hansen? Who uh, you know, Neil, Neil he was standing beside your man yeah, that yeah. one time in the place. <laughs> and then later on, they mentioned someone who was a great name, which I assume, I think it's Scandinavian, is Trilogan. And like, again, they mentioned, like, where's Trilogan? I'm like, 
I don't know. Who is Trelogan? Is it a man or a woman? Ed, I, I think if you don't know who Trelogan is, you are not the ER fan. You <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We're not yeah? even going to tell oh. you who they are. Yeah. It could who, be yeah. a boy or a girl. We're not even saying. Could, could be, could yeah. Be, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> You're right. Rachel next week. Exactly. Trelogan is a code name. So I don't know. And then... Uh, a really sad case comes in of, of a baby who's got gunshot oh, wounds. No. Oh, and oh. and you know the uh, paramedic brings brings the baby in, and we we see the baby screaming. You know, blood coming out of the baby, and and she says, "Oh, it was this black boy who shot." but don't worry the police have come and shot the black boy and this is an interesting moment because the paramedic herself is black saying Mm -hmm. this the child who's been shot is also black um malik then says well you know police have no problem shooting black boys but then you know hale comes in and says well he didn't much mind she's girl and i thought this was a brilliant scene for showing you know black people and the black experience is not a monarch you have three or four different black and they all have different ways of coming out and i just it, it's a tiny moment but i thought it didn't, yeah. and it's a, i feel a yard does well it does I definitely pick up on that because sure we you know we always empathize malik is brilliant and has always been presented yeah. as somebody who you will identify with or sorry mm-hmm. excuse me empathize with uh, almost immediate so when you hear of oh, no problem shooting black people you're just like yeah you know what screw the cops screw the cops but then yeah. Hele, and i think it's very important as well that Hele delivers the line yeah. that what now I, it's not that you're wrong it's that it's doesn't apply to this situation. Yeah, um, yeah. it's uh, not whereas... a blanket term. Exactly, exactly. If I... Carter or Mark had said that, no. Yes, sorry. It was like, no, Carter and Mark are different people, Sean. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just because they're both white, you think they look the same. Oh, my the God. Oh. They do all look alike, white, white boys. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, I still can't tell you two of <laughs> We are basically the same person anyway. Pretty much, yeah. Blonde, beautiful, bearded. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's true. I'm very... <laughs> um, yeah, and I think actually what it also does is it kind of shows a gen laser. And I always find it because, um, for example, it's going to sound a bit random, but like, you know, the use of the N-word. So there's an older generation who reads that, whereas there's a young, you know, a group who really see it as taking back yeah. the word and they don't mind using it against each other. And it just shows how things as well within... within uh, politics or within race you know can just change between generations what one generation hates another generation's fine with uh, and how things go on so I thought also Hale showing her bit of kind of uh, you know I'm a bit older I, I I know what you mean about police shooting black kids but also I've also seen black not deserve shoot shouldn't shoot anybody but you know I've seen black people do things that to punish uh, and I just thought that you know again such a little little scene but really effective um yeah I was gonna uh, also mention there's a, a mrs huggins that keeps popping up has escaped the waiting room um and mark keeps telling jerry to keep her out keep her away yeah and the poor woman is is, she is waiting on time and she's she's a little bit of a coward about the whole situation she seems to think that you know her kid is the most important of course your kid feels most well she must be able to see she must be able to see the carnage around you know what i mean how busy they are and like he's got me and there are ways of kind of uh, just being a bit like oh a way to know how long it might possibly be not i demand you take my child you know, I think that they, there's a huge difference between that as well, isn't there? Yeah. And speaking of kind of doctors we've never really seen or heard from before, we we meet a new surgeon this week called Shelley, uh, Shelley that Benton comes down oh, and has right, yeah. 
a disagreement yeah. with. Never seen her before. Not sure if we ever see her again. But Benton and Shelley have a disagreement about how to treat a patient. And and the tension between Mark and Benton really, you know. Mother it, of God. Because yeah. Benton says, you didn't call me and I'm the one on the ER. And Mark's like, you know, you were doing something else. And I think there's... You know, you can read it in both ways. One way is that it's completely innocent and there was, uh, you know, he did think the marathon session, read it as actually maybe last week had something to do with the fact that he bent because he doesn't, he's not happy. Yeah, yeah. see that, don't Benton is, he's really hard work this episode. So later on, he comes down um, to help out another trauma, which is the trauma that Mark bumps into, almost literally bumps into outside Doc Magoo. Well, he's trying to get his damned turkey sandwich. He will never get a turkey sandwich. That poor man and his turkey sandwich, quest for the turkey sandwich but yeah um benton comes in too late so mark ends up basically doing minor surgery yeah um, him and carter don't they it's well, actually he's obviously got the surgery chart yeah and, and the good thing is like you know at least carter even in his punishment of being off surgery carter was like yay i got to do a thoracic <laughs> <laughs> i know and uh mark lays into ben i was there for yeah I, I, I loved it yeah so he 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 we know it's been ramping up in his in mark that you know he does a fam jen's had this running with Jen this recent run-in doesn't get to see Rachel once Jen literally has called and said oh Rachel's sick help and he's like well what put you there she needs yeah. to go to bed and then he goes he goes in and he hasn't got Benton and they manage to you know save and sort the patient out and then when Benton comes in he's like well I was busy elsewhere and he's like no you weren't you weren't busy this is the most important thing you know you forget everything for this room I forgot my kid for this room I forgot I, you know, forgot or ignored my marriage for this room. And it's a bit of a, yes, he's annoyed at Benton, but he's also, you know, when you see something that you really sacrifice something yeah. for and you feel stressed about the fact that you've done that and that I feel, I, I can hear that coming through as well of the fact that, you know, he's he's lost something he used yeah. to have because of that room. And if that can't work and be the best it can be, or if somebody else takes it for granted, you take it very personally because you're yes. like, but I gave everything up for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And um, I mean, this is also, so he's also uh, before this has had a conversation with Carter where Carter's a bit like, you know, wow, how how do you do this? How do yeah. you do this? How do you do this job? It's so tiring. There's so much going on. And, and he talks about the fact that when, you know, not only was he younger before, obviously, but Jen used to come in with sandwiches while, and, and little Rachel sleeping. And you get a real sense as to what their marriage must must have been like at one point when she was you know not maybe not studying so hard and she was being able to come over and and, and give him sandwiches and all that and it it made me really sad because I thought gosh she's it must be tough to be like oh, everything's so much harder now because I just yeah. don't have that thought and so that's definitely oh, that so that is also then playing on his head when Benton comes down and yeah. they have this huge kind of blow out about the fact that Benton wasn't there which, you know. I, I I enjoyed it because Mark he's not timid but he's he's always the man in the middle do you know what I mean yeah he's always the one kind of mediating for him to actually blow up it's like wow Mark yeah. is on it do you know what I mean because he's, he's, he's a fairly calm kind of maybe not placid but he's quite a calm person yeah this this yeah I think you've mentioned before this episode he is an absolute boss yeah he's he's because he's normally yeah as you say he's so even tempered so that when he gets angry it's like okay something is really going on here um you know and and he gets angry again when uh, so we have a teenage boy coming called corky oh yeah i'm I'm gonna blow past that because i don't want to upset american people but 
that's not in any way. Um, <laughs> Clearly, you never saw a 90s sitcom, Life Goes On. I didn't? What's that? Oh, um, Rings a bell. It was... No, it exactly what it sounded. It's a sitcom called Life Goes On. And the opening theme was the Beatles, Life Goes On. Um, and yeah, the one of the lead characters was a Down Syndrome man called Corky. And oh. we grew up watching that show. So I, oh. when, when Corky walked into this, I was, I was actually like, huh, that makes Corky. two characters in <laughs> all of uh, pop culture called Corky. Yeah. Is, was that an Irish show? Was that American? No, American. American. It rings oh. a bell, actually. No, I said think, that. I, it was, I think it was always on, um, like, I was going to say, RTE. You would have spent, obviously, a long time <laughs> watching RTE when you were kids. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I can remember that now from uh, from when I was here. But that's, yeah, nineties. Anyway, that's my point about. Thank uh, you. So yeah, Corky comes in. You know, his his dad is from chest just not very well. Corky's very panicked. Corky also has blood on him, which is a bit scary. You know, they're all a bit like, "What's that blood from? Does that come from?" Yeah. You know, your your dad. He's like, "No, no, no, that's my own blood." Uh, but he's also acting quite viciously. You know, yeah. something's mm. not right, is it? And I, you know, in greed and Carol kind of really pick up on this and are obviously trying to figure out what is happened has happened to this patient because he's come in and they 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 have no clue and they're not getting anything from from corky um and then it turns out you know green goes and de- deals with something else and carol manages to obviously get it out of corky that the mom has been putting um some pills in his food without telling him which so he's an alcoholic, the dad yeah. is, and the medication she's been putting, you know, secretly giving and administering. Yes, Ed, do you know the name? Yes, it's, uh, this is my, let's do drugs, but let's <laughs> not. Um, this is, it's called Antabuse, so I had to have a bit of a Ooh. Google. It's actually called Disulfiram, and it's a drug used to support the treatment of chronic alcoholism by producing an acute sensitivity to ethanol. It's kind of, if you think about it, it's the opposite of Omar, so we needed alcohol yeah. to cure him, and this was literally killing I mean, alcohol was killing uh, Corky's dad anyway. Yeah. But, but by Faster. putting it, yes, exactly. So disulfiram plus alcohol, even in small amounts, produces just this whole cavalcade of hor- horrendous um, symptoms. So flushing, throbbing in the head and neck, throbbing Oof. headache, respiratory difficulty, nausea, copious vomiting, sweating, thirst, chest pain, palpitation, dyspnea, hyperventilation, fast heart rate, low blood pressure, fainting, marked marked uneasiness. Um, that's basically a Monday morning, isn't it? Um, <laughs> weakness, vertigo, blurred vision, and confusion. Oh, that um, is Monday morning morning yeah and in severe reactions there might be respiratory depression cardiovascular collapse abnormal heart rhythms heart attack jesus christ acute congestive heart failure and consciousness convulsions and death so if she wasn't trying to kill three please (laughs) any any of those three which one do you want vomiting vertigo and confusion let's do them all let's do them all so yeah basically by doing by putting the anti-alcoholism drug for want of a better term in his coffee while he's still drinking i don't know if she's she's trying to cure his alcoholism or Or just shut him up a bit she even says isn't it it's not that i want to kill him so it's like she was prepared for the question you know what i mean and it it makes you think that she was aware that 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 so that makes if some side because what we learn is actually you know he's he's domestically he's he's violent towards her and that blood is actually her blood the blood Corky, Corky had got him in the middle, and we we see that she becomes, you know, she knows exactly the process because Mark says to her, "Look, I it's domestic violence. I have to call the police." She's like, "Yeah, I know." He's like, "You know, I've got." I can support you by giving you uh, numbers for shelters. And she's just like, no, it's what, you know, she's been here before. And so I wonder if there's a part of her that did want him dead, you know, in that sense of just, I can't take yeah. this anymore, but I don't know how to get out. Yeah. She wants it to end, but the end could be 
like you say, his death yeah. or his yeah. extreme illness or whatever. But it's it's uh, it's a tough case. But Mark is, is again is going back to Mark. It's all about Mark this episode. It's, he, it's all about as much as he wants to treat them and just get on with it. He's actually sent to pick up the fact. I mean, she is bruised and battered, and he he could just turn from her and just call the police she's poisoned him but no he, yeah. he recognizes so he's playing an absolute blinder by taking the moment to step out step aside from the medical and still kind of a social completely agree i thought his handling of it was just what i love mark for this is the yes. kind of that that sympathetic he, he's very deft at what he does yeah. he's he just i just think he's say he's a basketball player it's nice to kind of watch him and the way he he plays his game the way he he handles the ball and deals with patients and all that and i just that you know this that's what this episode is it's a yeah. love letter to kind of him mm-hmm. um and all the things that are great about him so you know there's a moment where he's off to treat the next person and it, it's you know it's that woman's kid what etherington uh what the kid with the stitches yeah huggins. so he huggins, huggins yeah. sorry where did i get etherington from? i'm just there is an etherington hanging around i think yeah. it's corky's name is eldridge or Eth- oh wow. that's where i've probably but you know he he goes to treat you know um the the son and it turns out actually they've been waiting so long that he can't stitch it up because of risk of infection is so high and the mom is obviously very annoyed very angry because she's been waiting out there and she says well i have to come back and wait again and he can't answer her you know mm. it's a really tough bit on that one right yeah why do they have to come back and wait and yet doug can hand out cards that will skip people through the waiting area no problem um with chichi from oh. season one oh, for yeah. example oh. is so that true. at the discretion yeah. of the doctor or is was that just another one Doug, stop doing this. Uh, yeah, you know I think I mean? it's a Doug Ross special. Mm. Um, but I think because he's in the Peds clinic, different from what I understand of Doug's role. Yeah. He is working the ER and he will see adult patients as and when, but he's got his own clinic within the ER of PS. Yeah. So, to a certain extent, he can do that. But I think it's also, you're right, it's a Doug Ross. Yeah. I suppose it's kind of, maybe don't compare ourselves to Doug because <laughs> sometimes, sure, it's good. Other times, <laughs> not so good. Um, you know, so we have that whole situation he, and it's the, the pressure because every time we see Mark this episode when he walks down any kind of corridor or hallway, he gets a million questions. Somebody from the waiting room actually dials 911 from the waiting room at one point. Um, and it all kind of, oh, that I just thought was hilarious. Um, and it all kind of comes to a head for him when he, he goes into a room and there's Loretta Sweet and she's yeah. their son, Loretta's back. You know, she's not doing that great as we all know. But, you know, she's brought her son in. He's not feeling very well. And they have a little conversation where he says, you know, I'm so sorry for your weight. She says, you know what? We, we're fine. I feel sorry for everything. Mm. And that is the, the moment that the, it spurs Green on yes. to actually, you know, he becomes Mr. Action Doctor Man. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. He, like, <clears throat> yeah. grabs a trolley. He's telling Tuni to put all this stuff on. They're putting bandages and, you know, sterilization stuff and gauze and everything. And they're going around the ER grabbing all that stuff. And then they go and do the proper gorilla oh. medicine they grab you know carter all the nurses right we're gonna deal with all these patients as quick as we can and we're gonna be here like on the ground it felt really like you know that's why i keep calling it like guerrilla medicine because it felt like they were really in the war zone in the trenches with everybody actually actually dealing with it and we see a really interesting succession of different uh you know different patients and you know and there's this moment where carter is is looking at a boy who has swallowed (laughs) a battery and he's like oh we're gonna have to do an x-ray and green way of this is and, green at his best being so creative and that kid was so cute he's like 
why did you feed him the batteries? Because he likes them. He does this big <laughs> exaggerated kid yeah. joke with his hands up, like, because he likes them. <laughs> I was like, oh, that kid is amazing. I mean, he's like, the best part of the episode. It's a good episode. If he does like them, he's just being a good brother. <laughs> yeah, no, right. You know what I mean? Keep feeding him. Wrong? He's just giving it. Yeah, yeah. Keep feeding him heavy metals, which could, you know, poison him or choke him. <laughs> Crack on, lad. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like this is where we um, reiterate the. We are not a medical podcast. <laughs> we are not giving out advice. <laughs> hey kids, if you like swallowing heavy metals, crack on. All right, do it. Do um, it. But then it's brilliant because, Green, uh, you know, Cotter's like, oh, I'm going to have to do this expensive test. And Green's like, hang on a minute. And he grabs, you know, the kind of metal detectory thing from the security yeah. guard. And, he, and he's like, oh, where is it? Oh, it's in the belly. Oh, that's okay. That means it's passed and passed through him. So, you know, no expensive test, anything like that. And we see him kind of work a succession of people. And he's always remaining quite funny as a moment where he's like I'm going to do a cervical exam out here and the patient's like oh! actually he's like just kidding bring her back you know <laughs> um, <laughs> which Mark, I thought was great Mark no no no, no, no. <laughs> just put a curtain around get a big coat stitch your legs up on my shoulder it'll exactly be fine. it'll be fine and it's great because he's again he's still continuously yeah. teaching Carter so there's a moment where a yeah. character comes in who says she's blind you know oh, the EHI BER she's Catherine yes. Duston from West Wing Gilmore Girls again <laughs> uh, da- yeah. and Desperate She's housewives. been in so much. She's in Axe she Files. And also, for another bad film, sorry, I had to jump in. She Do was it? in the film Megapython versus Gatoroy. Amazing. That is not a bad film. No, this... and I would defend that. Really? Oh, okay. You've really seen it? I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need a viewing party to watch Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Yeah. Double bill with Megapython. Gatoroy. And I have to say about Catherine Houston, what's really amazing about her is she often gets used I'm playing quite late. Oh, really? She had this whole life and career. I think then her husband, her kids were raised and then she went out got jobs and that's where in her wow. later years in her life will often use her as an example later on has had yeah you know any you know never too late basically to kind of be discovered oh. or live your dream so that's always that um but yeah she comes in she says she's blind um which you know is very alarming but green doesn't believe that she's too and so he gets i don't can't remember what it's called the thing it's, it's like uh, a Opto optokinetic drum. Yeah, that. So it, it's a handle with a drum, which is been it's got uh, white and black um, stripes, vertical stripes on it, and I think yeah. even just spinning that would make your eye react. So that's what he uses. He says, "Get that." Um, because if if her eyes follow it, then it means that it's it is all in her head. So they get that machine. You know, they do that. Her eyes move, and then he's like, "Right, I'm just going to get." you some uh, eye drops and Lydia on the side is is kind of explaining the whole thing to Carter so she's like you know got to give him an out you know got to give her a chance to be like put her hands up as yeah. I actually so you know uh, Green puts the puts the eye drops in her eyes and she kind of says oh wow I can see it's blurry <laughs> but I can see yeah. mm. I just thought god I'd like to spend another half hour with this lady and figure out <laughs> what was going on in her brain she just yeah. want to get out of the house. I mean, then on what a rainy else is day. there to do? What yeah. else is there to do on a rainy night? But well, where will you know there's ER. going to be lots of people? Well, the ER. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and another moment I just wanted to pick up, which I thought was brilliant, and I love this little triptych of kind of Helay, Lydia and Carol. So there's a moment where they're all clock, wait to kind of get clock and oh, get yeah. two o'clock. And they're all like, right, they're all going to get cars. People are getting for driving. And you just know they're saying, based there about oh, again. If you with, thought we were busy before. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly what's kind of coming and, and it's a really 
nice mars base you know it, as the light changes and get light up out our way to actually unbelievable brilliant. it's uh it's an amazing he's had through the through the nights he's had some um challenges for instance Ooh. chloe just turns up and then hangs out with carter <laughs> either either sean has had a paper cut sensitive area or he's mentioning <laughs> that mentioning the name chloe is enough to yeah. make him react he yeah. is about as much fun as a paper cut to the cute <laughs> And then having to put on gloves. Oh, or getting just... like something in it, like, like oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. After sl- slapping your hand into a lime. Yeah. Just, <laughs> before exactly. we came on, listeners, we were talking about what's worse than wet sock and uh, nothing really. Now we, yeah, we did say Shep because there's no love lost on this podcast for Shep. Now it's like Chloe and Shep are both worse than wet shoe, wet sock, and wet oh, shoe. Like it wouldn't a, even a shock me if it turned out she was engaged to him. <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god what a gruesome good. twosome. Can oh. you imagine? Oh, I mean, god. it's the kind of thing he would do. I'm going to save her from her alcoholism and drugs and marry her. But can yeah. I just say about Chloe's engagement? She she keeps showing her ring as if variety chip. You know, she's like, look, I'm yeah. engaged. It proves everything. It's like, you know. But yeah, she she's turned up at the at the party and Dr. Green. And she says, oh, she's kind of harangued it in a way. If, you know, fights and see her side or take it. She does. He gets a bit annoyed with the little she's doing. And yeah. She's fishing for information because we know that 100%. Sue's... Yeah, exactly. Susan is busy because she's meeting a lawyer for dinner. Mm, yeah. Intimate. Um, and she even probes as to where Susan is. And yeah. because Mark knows why, he just, just as you say, he's deft. He just deflects yeah. it and just, exactly. and I'm like, good on you because it's none of her business. Well, it is. Yeah. But it's not. It does not concern. She, she <laughs> slips up even in this. Uh, because she's like you know Mark you know I, I really miss her and Mark goes well look baby Susie's doing okay oh yeah I miss her yeah. too exactly <laughs> yeah Mark really gets her there doesn't he so yeah. for, as he, as babies go she's at exactly. and, uh, and he I thought mm, well yeah there's um <laughs> Oh, sorry, carry on. Sean. I was just going to say, I, I had this image when you talked about um, Fle- uh, just Williams and the Wimbledon court, you know, <laughs> deflecting that ball, <laughs> getting an ace, winning. <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> no, that is an excellent analogy. I love it. Um, I've, I've got to really praise Mark again because he doesn't like Yorkshire Terriers and nor do I. Uh, they are not dogs. So oh. I'm going to get in so much trouble. Oh, like Ron Swanson. God, I, oh. I, I know Ian from English Irish is going to have to have words with you over that one. He has the really? most beautiful little Yorkshire. I used to have a Yorkie. Hang on. It's not a Yorkie. Take this out. Ian's dog. Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah. We'll confirm that and I'll lose the friendship in a minute. But but basically, like Mark is is, uh, treating Mrs. Deck, who I can only assume is dead because she's like out of it. And I half expected like a why are you stitching her up? We're waiting for the morgue to come and pick her. Yeah. We just didn't have any sheep. And um, <laughs> this little yappy rat face monster. <laughs> um, hey, how you really feel? I know. Stop sitting on the fence, <laughs> eh? Um, is yapping at him, and then there's this the the lap dancer who's got a, a basically a, a lacerated bum. Um, <laughs> is is marking that he doesn't like her. And it's another great line from ER. This is not a dog. This is a small furry object suitable for punting. And then she says, I'll, was it like, I'll give you $50 if you can punt it over the desk. I was like, go on. Listen, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. Like, <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah. But, this yeah. is a really horrible dog with that because it- the beginning when when mark first encounters the dog and the lady carol says every time we try to move the dog out because he's like who's let this dog in here it bites you and carol shows like her finger has been all bitten so you're like oh gosh this dog definitely needs maybe something to calm it down or shut it up for demerol demerol would probably be yeah just a little scotch just (laughs) demerol on its tongue and just come here a little sleep 
Yeah. Give me 2,000 cc's. <laughs> the needle as big as the dog, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you kind of mentioned the Morgan and the sheet earlier, and I just thought, oh, yeah. oh this bit with Chuni when she comes out, she basically wheels out a dead body and says, oh, that room's free. And Mark goes, yeah, well done. And I just thought this was such a moment of proper gallows yeah. humour. And if you yeah. were, had walked in at that moment, you'd be like, who are these terrifying people? But <laughs> I thought that was, and then that body kind of, nobody's there, pick, take the body up. And actually Mark goes out just, <laughs> yeah. and he says, you know, make sure that's picked. But it's, I mean, he's a mad drop. He oh, steps up and huge car act. But this is where he turns like giving him the action. Oh, yeah. Because somebody comes out of Dr. Magoo's, there's flames and somebody comes out of Dr. the fire extinguisher. And he just grabs it and expertly tries fire out and he's like you you know call the out the fire pit, the fire people and the ambulances or whatever and he just manages the scene and i just was like wow okay yeah. i like yes he, he actually has to get pulled away because he's doing too much yeah and there and just you know cold moment between him and shep is less Ugh. shep this week you, you know what I mean? he's yeah. not his yeah. obviously he's last week shep. he was still fresh but you know this week he <laughs> uh you know physically lifts mark away but then goes in and he's like oh look i was just trying to get in to see her you know or to see if i could help her and I think he does snap at the the younger one. I can't Kyle. remember his name. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. poor old Kyle. He's yeah, having just, a really yeah, it's hell of an education. But yeah, it's funny because he's he's obviously then Shep is trying to apologise to Mark, and Mark just doesn't want to hear it. He's like, forget it, just get you know. He's just completely yeah. ignoring him, and I felt a little bit for Shep there because I did a bit there. Yeah, I I, I see Who are what you two. I know. Sympathising with Shep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, at this moment, I felt, you know, when somebody is in your way and you know you can do a better job in your way, yeah. you know, he is trying to get Mark out of the way, but could easily get that door off and get the patient out without yeah. Mark kind of fussing. And Mark isn't listening, so he does have to say Mark uh, doesn't listen to him and then Shep. Hopefully we know that wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Um... You'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and like they draft Chuni in to help with this, you know, with a traffic accident because she, apparently she's the only on, one on tonight who can speak Spanish and yep. she's playing a blinder, just rattling away. And I, I really have a lot of time for Chuni. She's had a, she's had a moment, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Like, the mm-hmm. other thing as well um, that I, the only thing I did wonder is because I feel like I've seen and heard and will so in the future scene here, Carol speaking Spanish, but maybe they only needed one and Chuni was probably you know the best thing out but yeah i i, I really yes. like tuning and i like it when she kind of get gets drafted in um but then then the, it, it starts to become kind of morning and we have this lovely scene where green to yeah. wait he's like you know don't wait your mom and glad you have to uh, i just feel like he's really riding off the this good feeling of what to do as by steering crazy ship back to shore bay um and then we see that real beautiful camaraderie between yes. kind of lydia and him and carol because carol gets some food out of the vending machine really cool trick she gets four <laughs> for the price of one, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and he's handing it it's out. Just the to them reason there's budget kind of... issues in the ER. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They keep defrauding the, the uh, snack. Yeah. It costs a lot. They lose millions, millions. I tell you, um, <laughs> and and they kind of go off after a good day. And Doug walks in. It's the morning, and and, and Randy walks in. And there's this real sense of kind of the change of the goal. Um, and we get little, we get little updates. We find out Susie, uh, sorry, Susan, you know, fired her. He sees Chloe having a shot, so that's a good thing or bad that she's been dealing with. Um, and then Green and Benton have, yeah. and then Green basically says we're gonna together and Benton and that's peacemaker green coming mm. back you know I've got to work not just I'm going to hold this grudge forever and hate you, you know this is where he's such an adult yeah. about the things where I don't think Benton is like I don't think that would have ever come from Benton. It, yeah he wouldn't be the first one 
he'd hold a grudge and sulk. Yeah, and then maybe make things hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, actually, yeah. Well, Benton's never in management. He's, he's no. only ever had to manage himself and Carter, which he did. Uh, and uh, in quest- the words of huh. Kelly Kapoor from The Office, <laughs> I'm very hard to manage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just finished watching The Office and uh, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, and then we have this really cute scene between Carter and, well, I think it's cute. Carter and Green are standing, you know, the days are just beginning. They're both now free. Carter and Green are basically bonding about the fact that, well, Carter says, you know, this is what I thought medicine was going to be like every time. And Green's like, you know, I'd be helping people. And Green says, yeah, I know that is what it it should be. And then Green says to Carter, you know, what are you going to do today, Carter? Which I personally found really poetic. And I could see it being on stage. You know, what are you going to do with your day? You know, this promise of a new day and this euphoria. But there were other readings from different people of our podcast, (laughs) which I will will now allow before I then shut down. Um, I was being childish and uh, lascivious and just thought it was maybe a little flirtatious moment and maybe... You know, after the, the hype and the energy of the day, they were going to go and release that energy together um, in bed. I, um, I am writing so so much gay fanfic. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, they're, they're, they're... Ed Cannon is everybody's at. Oh, yeah, um, but not Carter, not Carter. Sorry, that's where I. Oh, everyone's at him. That's your that's your head cannon. He <laughs> goes head home to is... you, and he's yeah. keeping secrets. He wants to keep it. His... Uh, you know, to himself, so romantic. I just thought because I've saved it. That can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought because it's the only time I can remember the episode closing on a freeze frame. Yes, I know. I thought they literally yes. just didn't know how to end the episode. <laughs> uh, saying that, you're right. That that felt really cheesy. And, I did a bit, didn't it? You know, it was, it's like how sitcoms in the eighties used to end, where everybody would oh. be smiling and then do a freeze frame. And I did find that really strange. Rather than just like a fade out to have a pause was very. Now weird. I'm thinking about the end of police squad and you know those uh, yeah. where they freeze what if you pour yeah. in tea and it'd still be pouring out of it <laughs> like frankly yeah. just use his eyes like stop 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 they did, stop on, on, they did that on Noel's house party something like that like Leslie Nielsen randomly turned up on wow. like a terrible TV show and I think Noel Edmonds was involved because he's involved a in a lot cut. of terrible t- yeah thank you he's involved <laughs> in a lot of terrible TV shows I'm sure like yeah. I was like that's funny Noel Edmonds is being funny and I was mm. a preteen. I was like, even I knew that it was cringe. <laughs> but it just reminded me of, yeah, police squad and, you know, that weird freeze frame. They can't, act, they're still, mo- you know, they're not, not actually paused. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want a bit of anatomy? I know I've already given you drugs today. Always have a bit oh, of your okay. anatomy now, Ed. Thank you very much. <laughs> expose some anatomy. So, it's the only way he can expose it. He has to get us <laughs> well, drugs off. It's locked. It's locked. <laughs> It's locked down and I'm a bit low. And so I give you guys drugs and then uh, show you some enough. Yeah. Um, and I'll give you on a register. Um, so we've heard, it's been bugging me for a while, what tamponade is. We've heard it a few times in trauma. Yeah. So I asked our friend of the show, Dr. Martin Xavier, um, and he said basically a tamponade is when a cavity of fixed space is full. It often relates to the pericardium, which is a strong elastic film in the heart. And when there's damage to the heart from a stab wound, the pressure of the blood in the heart causes blood to pump out of the sac, it's sick, pericardium. And as the sac fills, the pressure increases until the pressure of the heart pumping no longer exceeds pressure in the full pericardium. So there's no further blood. But if there's that much pressure, then the, the, the heart can't beat. Um, so yeah, it's a... It can't beat effectively because it's been squeezed by the blood inside the pericardium around. So yeah, wow. that's tampener. Love. I've always oh, yeah. wanted to know. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right. So I think we're calling. Um, thanks for Lidcast about everything. Don't forget Instagram and at you set the tone and at set on Twitter. And remember, you set the tone. <laughs> <laughs>